Welcome to The Brian Buffini Show, where we explore the mindsets, motivation, and methodologies of success. Here's your host, Brian Buffini. Top of the morning to you, and welcome to The Brian Buffini Show. Today, I have the pleasure of chatting with a beautiful human being by the name of Nick Vujicic. Now, Nick is a motivational speaker, a New York Times bestselling author, but you would probably best know him as the guy with no arms and no legs. That sounds kind of strange coming out of my mouth, but that's uh, <laughs> that does not stop Nick Vujicic. He is an amazing human being. You may have checked out his short film, Butterfly Circus, a few years ago. This is a man who surfed in Hawaii with Bethany Hamilton of the Soul Surfer fame. He skydives skateboards. Lovely wife, four kids. Nick, you're the master at overcoming limitations. Your speech is best served visually. <laughs> so just talk to our audience a little bit today, people who might not know you as well. Talk about your start and where you came from. Your first day on Earth. Why don't we start there? Sure. Look, not that I remember it, but my parents certainly do. My mum and dad were expecting their firstborn healthy son, and healthy I was, yet with a few parts missing. And uh, the doctors said, we are so sorry we have no idea what kind of quality life he's going to have. We don't believe he's going to be mobile. In fact, he might just be in his bed for the rest of his life. And my mom and dad, with faith and even the family around them, embraced me. And they said, no one's going to love our own child like we love our own child. Mm. And so they embraced it. They did their best. And man, they did so good. They just didn't have much guidance from anybody else, nor even the doctors, and said, wow. well, we don't really know what he really can do until he tries, and they sure. just embraced that and drilled that in me. Well, 35 years ago, the resources certainly weren't available that are available today. You know, we're backstage at our Monterey success tour. Nick just blew up the room and inspired so many people, which he does every hour of every day. I've seen you with no arms, no legs, no worries. I've yes. seen the book, No Arms, No Legs, No Limits. And No Limits is really where I want to talk about today. You were born into a loving family, mm. and you were always taught that God didn't make any mistakes. That's right. That's a pretty hard thing to accept as a little boy. You mentioned in your talk today, you started feeling the symptoms of depression at a very young age, like eight years old. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, in my book, Life Without Limits, it's really a quick summary of everything we could ever talk about. I mean, we only have a couple minutes here, but for anyone listening, believing that there's a loving God mm. was very difficult. But we also know that God is not the one that brought the pain, but he can take what's bad and turn it into good. And mm. then even when we don't get a miracle, we can still be a miracle for somebody else. Still very difficult at a fragile age of eight, believing that I could have a purpose facing bullying every day, mm. believing I'd be alone, that no one understands me, that I'll never have a job, and me feeling like I'm just a burden to everyone around me brought me to an attempted suicide at age 10. Wow. And I'm so glad that I'm still here. And little did I know that 14 years later, as a 24-year-old man, I'd be a speaker in front of a crowd looking out there and seeing a limbless little boy with no arms, no legs, mm. just like me. And it hit me so hard and, and just gave me this inner joy and purpose of understanding that even to the nth degree of detail, not only can we share love in the world, but even experience the blessing of saying, hey, I know how it feels to be in your shoes. Right. And saying, you know what? 
if something beautiful came from my broken pieces, then you can also have your dreams come true as well. And I never knew that I'd be a speaker mm. going around the world and being a miracle when I was depressed because I didn't get mine. Mm. Mm. Amazing. So here's a guy that lost hope mm. and now is a source of hope. A reflection of hope, you know, because many people say, well, all you got to be is just positive and you got to, you know, that inner strength of yours. For me, it was mustered up through faith and the love of my family. That really is the source for me. When I embraced it as a teenager saying, okay, I don't know what the greater purpose and plan is for my life, but here I am. Mm -hmm. Use me. And now traveling around the world, I don't ever tell people that all you need is that inner strength and you know, resilience, because there's more to that. Yeah. There's more to hope than that for me. Well, it, because here's what happens. It makes people feel bad. You know, I was at a taping of Larry King many, many years ago, and there were four motivational speakers on the panel. And I was up there for different reasons, but he asked each one of them, have you ever had a bad day? And one by one, each one of them said, no, it's just a matter of perspective. I've never had a bad day. And the same. Whatever. And I know all of these guys. <laughs> and I talked to one of them afterwards, and I said to him, you know, I've been with you many times when you had a bad day. Yep. And I go, you know what you did? You just went on one of the most popular television shows in the world and told everyone else who's having a bad day, there's something wrong, wrong with, with them. you. You're broken. You're beat up. And obviously, you've got to have the attitude and marvels. But if it's just about willpower and pulling yourself up by your bootstraps, we're all screwed. Yeah, no, we are. Right? 100%. And that's not the message I give everyone. No. As people we're hearing in the audience today, there's a sense of purpose and looking to, yes, you know, set goals and go for success, but really keeping the main thing the main thing and knowing the truth of your value, knowing mm -hmm. the truth of happiness and joy doesn't come in money, drugs, sex, alcohol, pornography, fame, and fortune. If you put your happiness in temporary things or even good things that... You want to be remembered as a good person who did good things, who was good. For me, it's not enough. There's mm. more. There's more to this life than meets the eye. Mm -hmm. And I hope that people realize that if a man without arms and legs has become a mastery at leverage and finding the truth of happiness, mm -hmm. that everyone can find their place in this world and really feel fulfilled and reach their full potential. So here's a guy, eight years of age, feeling the sense of depression, being bullied, which is part of you're calling today, helping kids, because so many kids and the parents, we got to be aware, right? right kids right. are getting bullied. Right. Kids feel down. There's a lot of kids like yourself who have contemplated suicide mm -hmm. or are thinking about it. Mm -hmm. Or uh, attempted. Yeah. And so here you go. And the next thing you know, here's a guy that years later is this symbol of encouragement and this influence. And if it can happen for you, it can happen for anybody. That really is part of the That's message, true. right? And, and the whole thing is, if he can do it, I can do it. I think the unspoken message of your presentations is, and I love, of course, the Australian sensibilities are very similar to Irish. You guys were an Irish prison colony. You know, the, <laughs> the Brits send some of our most talented people that way. Love it. Um, but love it. The, the ability in the midst of your tough circumstance to have a laugh and to not take yourself so seriously and not to take your circumstances so seriously, along with a very strong will that goes, you know, I was raised a certain way by my parents. Go, hey, there's nothing you can't do. Mm -hmm. You know, the rest of the world is going to say you're disabled. You're able. That's it. The rest of the world is going to tell you what you can't do. You can do it. You said a couple of things. You know, you talked about something that I think was very, very powerful, and that was when you become convinced of something. Mm -hmm. And you talked about that. And I, I just think that is something where you decide, you know, you set the sail. Talk a little bit about being convinced and how people, once they become convinced, can really pursue this sense of purpose. 
when you convince yourself of negative things, guess what's going to happen? Mm. Now, it's not just the power of the mind. It's actually your north on your compass. Mm. And how you feel today will really dictate your next step. And your next step will actually determine what goals tomorrow you actually succeed in. Mm. If I'm a person that's absolutely convinced that I will never find hope in my life, never find purpose and happiness, guess what? I'll never find it. But if I am convinced that I am going to be completely successful at fulfilling my dream and mission when I have challenges, when I have a bad day, when I have circumstances that seem bigger than me... I still am convinced that I will be completely successful there in changing the perspective of an obstacle into an opportunity and giving me the resilience to say, I am going to embrace this struggle, this hurdle, this barrier, and I'm going to see this failure as my classroom and education. Mm. So many people Mm -hmm. don't put one and one together where the people that we admire because of their strength, they're only that strong because they've conquered mountains in their life. Mm We need to, if we want to have that strength, we got to be ready to conquer ours. Don't walk away from your mountains. That's the journey. That's the path. Mm. Convince yourself, this is not the end of my story. I'm still going. And so then it leads to this concept that you talked about that failure is an education. You know, Zig Ziglar used to say failure is not a person. It's an event, right? Love that. And so you're saying, hey, it's an education. That comes from a position of when you made the decision. Mm-hmm. And so if you decide the government's bad or the government needs to do this or this person needs to do that or my happiness depends on other people, that decision is now taking your responsibility and opportunity away because someone else is responsible for your happiness, your joy, your purpose. And so I love that dynamic of failures in education. Can I just add something? Yeah. With all of that in context, when a girl came and hugged me after my 12th speech and cried on my shoulder and said, no one's ever told me that they love me. No one's ever told me that I'm beautiful the way that I am. That's when I knew and I convinced myself I am going to be a worldwide speaker. Yeah. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm not a good speaker. I don't even know what my story is yet. I don't know another speaker. But no matter how many times I need to fail, you see, Brian, we need courage not to win. We need courage to lose Mm. because anything significant that we ever accomplish took failure. If we embrace it, we will succeed. Yeah. Magic stuff. And, and, you know, you look at that process for you, you know, you leaned into it, you made the decision. You had a a janitor tell you in high school, you're going to be a speaker one day. And sometimes we need to listen to those voices that speak into us. Instead of giving so much credibility to those voices that speak down. You know, there's so many people who go, you're not this, you're not that, because they feel like they're not this and not that. 100%. And so someone spoke into your life. You had this sense, like there's this tingling in there. It's like the, I like to call it the tuning fork, right? That sometimes it, oh, yeah. you hit that tuning fork and, and you get to do this. And it was your 12th time in. And this girl comes up and says, you made me feel valued. You made me feel like I'm a valued for who I am. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're like, eh, I want to do that. You there's know, I nothing shared with like you that. off air this, you know, I get about 3,000 personal notes a month, but there's a couple of notes I carry in my backpack everywhere I go to remind me of that true north myself, to give me that perspective of a small, simple, anonymous story that just struck a chord for me of someone whose life was changed. And it's like, when I forget, you know, that the AV blows up or the, the truck doesn't work or, you know, this is happening or there's a $177,000 overrun on a seminar or something like this, like, I'm here for the one person. 
and it keeps that true north, and it keeps you chipping away. You said a few things that I, I just want to jump on today. And I want to vouch that who you are on the air is who you are off the air. <laughs> well, you're, you're it's an incredible good stuff. human being. Well, you know, Lord willing, the good people uh, flock together. And like I say, we're very honored to have That's you awesome. here today and here for a few other things we, we want to do together. You said something that I wrote down. It said, don't base your values on other people's success. Don't base your value as a person on other people's success. This is a podcast about mindset, motivation, and methodologies of success. I love this thought here. I've never said that thought before. Well, I wrote it down, brother, so now it's yours, right? That was a beautiful new one. Yeah, so don't base your value on other people's success. Let's talk about that. Let's explore that. I think we have this disease in our human nature of comparison, and we Mm. just can't help it but, you know, feeling like I need to compare who I am and Mm. what they have and what I think they actually feel. Like when we see people on social media Who's ever actually capturing the bad day of theirs? <laughs> it's always good. It's always the best. It's yeah. always the cherries on the cake. Yeah. They don't know what crap yeah. they've gone through. They right. don't show that no, crap. No. On. So it's understanding of really being real that you need to come off this insecurity of, well, but they have more or I need that or that's what I think I want because I think that's what they feel when they have what I think they have or even think, which they may not. Sure. And I I think we have a tendency (laughs) as people to overestimate someone else's circumstance in regards to its bliss and to radically overestimate our suffering in our shortcomings. So the fact that you're positive and cheery and this and that and the other – you go off stage and people are like, this guy is great. He's doing great. He doesn't have a bad day. You know, the frustration of the everyday life and the challenges right. you face every right. hour of every right. day. Right. That they think, uh, he, he's never had a bad day. It's actually on this very stage, I was a year ago, I was doing a Q&A with a couple thousand people. And honest to God, this person stood up and we passed the mic around and they said, Brian, back when you had problems... And I just stopped. They, they never got to finish their sentence. I'm like, what? Just let me stop you there. Back when I had problems. Do you mean this morning on the walk over here? Yeah, exactly. Do you mean at lunchtime this afternoon exactly. when the podcast equipment wouldn't work? You know, I mean, what do you t- But that's what happens. So we over-grandize what someone else has got going on. And that's why comparisons are a disaster. It's true. And even on the opposite spectrum, you've gone through so much in your life. There was a kid in a school Q&A session and he said well you know it was easier for you because you had no arms and legs right I mean to the extreme of the opposite saying well of course you're so positive because you went through hell (laughs) wait a second yeah (laughs) well you know I have the whole came to America got run over by a car yada 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 huge amount of medical bills and I had a guy come to me one time he said well Brian you know I was raised in a really good home I went to a really good school good grades but I'm just not motivated because I've never had anything bad happen to me. You know, you have had all this bad stuff happen to you, and that's why you're so motivated. And I just said to him, well, let's go outside in the parking lot. I'll run over you a couple times. <laughs> you, know, you know, let's get you fired up, bro. Let's get in the game. I'll let's back over you. Let's do this. Come game on. on. It's exactly right. And that's why I love the statement that I brought up a lot. People who reach their full potential aren't the ones that were given more. The success of people was not the mastery of getting more to do more it was the mastery of making the most of what you have Mm -hmm. and leveraging that and understanding that we cannot compare each other's brokenness we can't compare each other's success yeah and we can't compare each other's value why because there is not another human being more important than you Mm -hmm. and there's not another a human being who's less important than you Mm. 
And that's what I feel like the world's missing. Mm. Out of all the problems in the world, it's because that one philosophy. Someone believes they're more important or someone believes someone's less important. Mm. You need to first look at yourself and realize you are no less important than Elon Musk or any president mm. or any world influencer for the good or for the bad. We are all human beings with our struggles mm-hmm. and with a full potential. Don't miss yours. Magic stuff. You said something today repeatedly and you said you don't really know what's impossible until I actually know what's possible. That's right. So let's talk about that a little bit because for a lot of people, your circumstance looks impossible. It looks impossible that a guy that can't get around by himself would have a wife, a beautiful wife, by the way. She's you are a hell of a amazing. salesman. Good for you. Love that her. charm somewhere. Okay. It's just, you know, I told my wife, my best sales pitch was 30 years ago, and I've been selling her every day since. <laughs> Hope she never gets wise to me. But, you know, you got a wife, you got four kids, twin daughters, like I got twin daughters. Amazing. You're all over the world now. Here's a guy that started out depressed, suicidal as a kid, very young kid. All the obvious disadvantages, go through your life, start out speaking at schools, and now today, one of the most sought-after, highly paid speakers in the world, and this great source of inspiration and motivation for a lot of people, because of who you are. Mm. And don't know what's impossible till I know what's possible. Explain that for someone who's sitting there going, maybe they've turned something into impossible. Look, it is the mindsets that even my parents were brought up with, where you just got to get a job and you just got to do your thing and that's it. And I knew there was something more. And I feel like it was the almost challenge for me to break through the skin of what not only I thought of myself or what my parents thought of me or what the world thought of me. It's like the other voice in my head saying, what can't I do? Mm-hmm. Why say that I can't do something? Mm. And people say, well, you can't do this. I'm like, well, yeah, I can. And then I realized the limitations of the human persona or the just the perspectives of people where we stereotype people, where people were not my friend because of how I looked. And, and I had to realize that, well, actually, man, they missed out on a good friendship. Mm-hmm. They have no idea. Mm-hmm. Well, what about my own stereotype of me? I, I don't know anyone without limbs. What if I wanted to change the world? Mm. What if I wanted to travel the world? My parents were immigrants, refugee camps Mm. before they went to Australia from Yugoslavia. My mom was six. My dad was 15. They met in Australia. They worked hard. Mm -hmm. They worked their butt off. They went into real estate. And they didn't want to see me depressed. But at the same time, they didn't want to paint the sky any color for me to fluff up what's ahead. Mm -hmm. They gave me the truth and they said, the doctor said, you won't walk. You're walking. Nick, here is a thing called a computer at age six. No one in my class had a computer in 1989. (laughs) And my dad went all out and said, you need to learn how to type. They didn't know if I could. And this is it, Brian. This is the key. In you setting goals... Start with small goals. You don't know if you're actually going to achieve it until you achieve it. Mm -hmm. Start small. Achieve it and say, wow, that was cool. Now double. Right. Right. And then do that and then look back like, wow. And then 
double it again. And all I kept on doing was doubling down. Nice. If I could break it down, it was doubling down every week or every month or every year. So, okay, wow, I did accomplish that. So when I do see the biggest brick wall that's stopping me from me and my next goal, I can have the privilege of looking back and remembering, oh, my gosh, look at how far I did come. Did that before. Do that. Remind yourself of not only the things you overcame, but when I did lose all my money in January 2011, I talk about it in my second book, Unstoppable, where I had a personal crisis. I love that book, by the way. Thank you. (laughs) It's so good. Thank you. It's actually my favorite book of all the books that we've written, five of them. But I challenge people, even go back to the most difficult struggle you went through in the last three, four, five years. Because when we're in that moment, we tell ourselves, I will never think this way again. I will never forget. We do forget. Yeah, we do. Remind yourself of not only the struggle you went through, but going back and meditating. I did that for me, and I thought I learned two or three lessons when I actually sat down for a couple of days and went back there. What else could have I learned Mm -hmm. from that that I haven't written down? Don't belittle the obstacles you've gone through Mm -hmm. for the good and for the bad for your future. Well, a lot of listeners to this podcast regularly have heard me say the affirmation, I did it before, I can do it again. And if he can do it, I can do it. Or if they can do it, I can do it. We encourage people to write 10-day goals. Mm. So it's a short list. Come on. That then get them to 10-month goals. There you go. That then get them to a five-year goal. We've put 3 million people through the actual physical act of goal writing. It was Zig Ziglar, a week before he died, said it was the one regret he had. He goes, Brant, he said, I taught people about goals, but you actually stop the event, play music, and have them write it. So good. And he goes, I wish I'd have done that. And so, you know, the thing about it is there's nothing new under the sun. There's no original concepts here. It's all about doing those fundamentals, those timeless things that have been laid out for us since time immemorial and being faithful with the little and you'd be given much. And if no one's done that, take the time. Oh, yeah. Because you can't afford not to invest that time. So we have so many cool things we're going to talk about and plans to speak together and do things and whatever else will be great. I can't wait. Can't feel my legs. I'm so excited. (laughs) There he goes. There he goes. I'm going to do something we do no matter who we've had on our podcast from every dignitary and famous person you can imagine. But I ask five rapid fire questions, which gives the other side. And so you don't know what's coming. Like we never share these, but I think it'll be fun and get this other side of Nick Vujicic that maybe people have heard you speak or have watched the Butterfly Circus or seen you on YouTube. Oh, I love that short film, The Butterfly Circus. Spectacular. I was also, I have to say, a massive fan. Always will be a big fan of Zig Ziglar and his legacy. I was able to meet him. But yes, if you have teenagers especially who need some hope in their life or maybe they're down, check out The Butterfly Circus on YouTube, the 22-minute short film. Yeah, it's amazing. It may change their life. Yep. Well, here we go. I got a couple things right here. What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Know that you will never know everything. Nice. Who gave you that? I don't know, but it's just the vibe that I get from the mentors because every time I'm with them, I always learn something new. As a CEO, though, my coach, Christine Grimm Mm -hmm. from Aria Consulting, who, oh my gosh, you got to have her speak on your stage. Okay, great. Changed my life. When there's something wrong with your organization, the first person you point to should be you. Nice. 
I love us so on leadership and CEO and then personal development. Those are the two. Well, I like Christine Grimm already. I, we have a coaching company because people need help. People need help. That's awesome. And so I have a sign in the back of my studio that says Ancaro Imparo, which is Michelangelo's statement, I am still learning. And it was in the last year of his life. Love and that. so that's one thing. Great. What one talent or gift do you wish you possessed that you currently don't? There is not a gift that I don't possess that I desire to have. I feel like I have everything I want. Yeah. Every six months I do a whiteboard exercise. I have six whiteboards. I write everything up, all my priorities, and some things have to wait, and some things I have to delegate, and some things I have to bring two new team members on. In all that, I want to I wanna reach the world. I feel like, though, in the next 12 months that we're going to a higher level mm-hmm. of just, I'm not a micromanager, but I'm at 30,000 foot view. Yeah. And I need to go to 70,000 foot sure. view. And for me to accomplish everything in my life and still keep the main thing, the main thing and be the father that I am and the husband that I am, mm-hmm. I need to do that. So I think that's like a growing pain that sure. I'm foreseeing in the next 12 months. And I'm sure... Actually, I'm going to be picking your brain over the next couple <laughs> of months. More than happy to help. See how we can build it all out. More than happy to help. Our vision is big yeah. because the world's needs are big. And you're doing amazing. I mean, we haven't really pumped up the brakes here all the way. I mean, how many people have you spoken to? Eight and a half million people face-to-face, 1.6 billion people on TV. No joke, no overlapping, not double counting. And then through our faith-based organization, Life Without Limbs, we've been able to preach the gospel to 730 million people, 18 presidents, 10 governments, and the largest crowd was 800,000 people. We have 35,000 invitations that basically we've had to say no to. We work with state governments against bullying and teen suicide prevention programs. We have a heart for the foster and adoption world, a heart for veterans and their families and children of veterans. Mm. The list is basically that. But <laughs> we just got to do our best and God does the rest. Hey, there's a little nugget. I hope you took that one down. Okay. What book has been most instrumental in your life? Obviously, the Bible. For yeah. anyone who knows anything of me on YouTube, sure. I believe in God. I believe in heaven. Uh, the book right after that, in the financial literacy world, it was actually John Burley, Money Secrets oh, yeah. of the Rich. Sure. I love John. Uh, and his wife, Sherry, from Scottsdale, Arizona. Nice. He taught me to really dream big. My parents came from a mindset that only bad people are rich. Sure. Very Eastern European. Very by Eastern the way, European. Uh, very East of Ireland, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Though open to it, yet driven to be independent. Sure. I don't want to have a nine-to-five job. I don't want to be at the risk of being fired one day. I don't want to have to depend on give out. So you know what? I'm going to make my first million at 25. I failed at it. I made my first million at 27. <laughs> two years late. But we got there. Yeah, right. And now uh, doing real estate in Dallas, Texas, between books, corporate speaking, and all of that, 85% of my income does not come from our nonprofit whatsoever. And oh. hopefully, actually, 20 19 will be the first year that we don't need a salary from that nonprofit How at all as a CEO. So Magic. we're getting there. We're yeah. getting there. Dream. All right, couple things. What's your favorite jam? What's the song, music? You're in the car by yourself or you're going, it's like, okay, what's oh, that? <laughs> the kids go, oh, that's dad's song. What's it going to be? My whole deal is that you have no idea what's next. I go from Luciana Pavarotti 
because I saw him before he died oh, in yeah. concert. Sir. To mariachi, I love Mexican music. <laughs> My wife's Japanese Mexican. To Serbian music. Come on. To Bon Jovi. Well, if I, I have an anthem, come on. I have to say it's In These Arms by Bon Jovi. All right. That's my biggest love song. We got it out of him. Bon Jovi, In These by, Arms. by uh, Richie Sambora. And I told Richie, I said, Richie, you know how good of a songwriter you are? He said, yeah, why? I said, because you got a limbless man loving the song In These Arms. I nice. said, that's my favorite song. Dobro, dobro. Dobro, hey. <laughs> oh, yeah. Love it. No, that's great. Okay, so you're traveling around. You're busy. You got family. You got corporations, nonprofits. If there's a movie that comes on the TV, you've seen it a bunch of times, what's the one movie you'll always stop to take a peek at or you've just watched a bunch of times? Is there one? Classics, uh, Three Amigos. Come on. Princess Bride. <laughs> I'm not into the American slapstick comedy. Yeah, yeah. But my favorites are Gladiator oh, yeah. and Braveheart. Come on. I'm right there with you. And who can't get behind Braveheart where he kills a bunch of Englishmen? And come on, for an Irishman and an Australian, that doesn't get any better than that. Uh, that's right. <laughs> come on. Hello to Mel Gibson if you listen. Sorry for all our English listeners. I let that I one love slip, it. But, you know. Oh, my gosh. Well, listen. You're a dream of a guy. I don't want to be patronizing in this statement, but you are a living inspiration because that's one of the things God's called Thank you, you to sir. do. Thank you, sir. And you turned what has been... For many people, my mother used to say, God builds the back for the burden. Mm. And God built your back for this burden. Come on. And he turned it into something that's spectacular. And you inspire and you have not only grown your influence in regards to what you do for corporations to feed your family and take care of your business, but also then with these nonprofits and where you go. And I've seen the hope and encouragement that you bring. I, I told you that you were recently speaking at a church close to my home, and I sent my kids down there. I was out of town, and that's the highest compliment I can pay you, and that each one of these kids came back with something different mm. that touched them and encouraged them. And everybody's got challenges. Everybody's got shortcomings, but you have faced your challenges in such a way with faith and family and these values, and now with this spirit that encourages people and gives life to people. And Thank so, you, Brian. Uh, you're Appreciate a blessing. That. I love your books. I will say definitely unstoppable. Mm. If someone can run out and get a copy of that, if you're feeling stopped or stuck, that's a great place to go. And for teenagers, stand strong mm. for bullying, especially in their own self-esteem. You bet. Thank you, though. Well, my friend, I thank you for being with us today. Thank I thank you, you that uh, Bon Jovi, I knew I'd get it out of you. <laughs> And uh, now we know what a blessing it's been for all of you who are with us. I hope you enjoyed this time. I had a wonderful time. Thank you for being with us. I hope uh, those of you are listening, this has been a blessing to you. And I hope to bring more Nick Vujicic to you in the future. We say God bless. And I'll leave you to Mr. David Lally, our producer. What an honor to have Nick on the show today. Inspiring stuff. And I've got some great news for you. Nick will be at our Mastermind Summit in San Diego this August. You won't want to miss this great event. So head over to buffiniancompany.com slash events to learn more. And until next time, I'll leave you with Brian's mum for an Irish blessing. May the road rise up to meet you. And may the wind always be at your back. May the rain fall soft upon your fields and the sun shine warm upon your face. And until we meet again, may God hold you in the hollow of his hand. See you next time. <laughs>